0: Football is back, and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan.
1: What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with us here on the pod. Reacting to... A season, not a particular game, but the 2021-2022 season is in the books for the Nuggets. They wrapped up game 82 at home against the Lakers. And I have a special guest on uh, the podcast today. And Really, since uh, going away from a co-host in Earl Boykins a couple of years ago, who we started this podcast with, um, I've been uh, guest heavy over the last two seasons. This year, I was not. Uh, I think we had two guests the entire season. The rest of these podcasts have all been recorded solo. But today's guest is someone who I just want to say, a- a- admittedly, I don't think I would be asking him here on the podcast this time last season, but a triple down commitment to the Nuggets. I'm talking about a longtime broadcaster in Denver, really a legend in this business in Denver, and I will give you that moniker. It's Darren McKee. Hey, hey. DMAC. Awesome to be here. Love being here. Man, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I said that I, I don't think I would have asked you this time last year, not as a slight. You yeah. followed the basketball team for a long time. Yeah. You've been yeah. doing radio in this market for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but you've never really covered the team like this before. And, and uh, before we get into the Nuggets conversation, I'm curious – what was the thing that sparked you to be going down to Ball Arena in the 41 home games? How how many did you make? 41. You were there every mm-hmm. single night. Now, every as one. as someone who um, uh, made a commitment to this years ago, and this year I had my daughter, which makes it actually for me so cool. As someone from the fan is no longer going on a regular basis, another one jumped in and you filled that void. Uh, to a level, admittedly, that I had never, I'd never gone every single night. If they were had a homestand and there was three games, I'd be there for one or two right, of them. Right, right, right. But what, what caused this triple-down <laughs> commitment from you in year number one of your broadcasting career to be like, yeah, I'm going to go cover that team every single day in the trenches? I think it was, it was a combination
2: of a couple things. One um, is just my lifestyle because both my kids are in college now. And not only are they in college, but they're both out of state. My My younger son was... At UNC, now he's going to school out in um, Northern California. So there was just the availability, first of all. Then my wife had a uh, golf league that she was part of with uh, her female coworkers oh, on, on Monday nights. I did not know this. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, well, okay. So so that. And then I said, ah, you know, but I'm not going to go on Fridays or Saturdays, you know, because, you know, we're going to go skiing and stuff. Well, we ended up just not going skiing for uh, a complex series of reasons, nothing bad, but we just didn't end up going And so I was like, okay. And and I have a great relationship with my wife. My kids aren't around. And then you know what it really was, Zach? This team got so absurdly interesting. So while I just intended to go to basically exactly what you did, one every three games, just get a feel for it, you know, that sort of thing, um, I fell in love with covering this team, and primarily because of Jokic. Um, he is by far the most fascinating athlete I have ever covered in my 30-plus years of covering sports. He is just amazing and fascinating and funny and serious and an incredible teammate, the best player in the league. And you put that together with the fact that they hadn't had uh, MPJ. Well, they had him in the beginning, but they, they didn't have him for the majority of the year, and they don't have Jamal Murray. You just never knew what this team got. And then they got Boogie Cousins. This character, this guy, and Michael Malone has all my respect in the world. I think he's the best professional coach here in town. And he was that coach who would be unbelievably honest. So you had a combination of a fascinating team, an MVP, complete honesty in the press conferences, by the way, Zach. Very different than all the other sports. It's so true. And Zach, you literally... Did not know what you were going to get. And then there was the intimacy, Zach, of the whole thing, because after most games, I'm telling you, it's like three or four people I, I know. that are there. I know. I know. And part of it is because there's there's this weird thing in the NBA where the players really take their time before they come back to talk. I mean, I'm talking 40, 45, 50, maybe in an hour after the game's over until Jokic comes out. And But it's worth it. So, Zach, I became. A little addicted to it, to be quite honest with you. I became addicted to it, and don't tell me down to the last game with Faku getting tossed out and uh, Demarcus Cousin faking an injury to try to get a guy out on a flagrant, and the the turnover at the end. They all they had to do was take a foul and they win the game, and they turn the ball over and give up an uncontested, you know, Jay to to McClung doing a you know the the reverse dunk for the Lakers, and then. And Vogel getting fired from the floor to the locker room from the floor when the game was over. Zach in the one minute walk back to the locker room, Frank Vogel was fired according to Woj. Zach, it was the most fascinating story by far and then of you all the sports. And then
1: you have Malone post game doing Malone his thing.
2: Game was upset with a. It's the last game of the year. Got upset by a question. Kind of storms off. Fifty eight second presser in a
1: game where he didn't play his MVP and uh, he's still fired. Right, up. and and he has done
2: expansive. Lengthy, oh, yeah, you got another oh, yeah. question, oh, joke yeah. around with you, sort of moment, sure. And he was upset about it till the very end. So, this story, Zach, likely will come to a relatively quick conclusion here in the playoffs. We'll talk so about we'll that here in it in a second, but that's that's why it's an amazing, incredible story, and that's what drew
1: me to it. Really cool the way that you laid it all out there because when you do lay it all out, uh, there it, it, it's a fascinating team, uh, and there has been. This is where I want to shift gears here, too, because there has been this cloud over this basketball team from the moment the season started, really. Yeah. From the moment the season started, you're coming off this devastating injury to Jamal Murray. Yeah. But you also had this really small window of, like, nine games post-Aaron Gordon trade where you're watching the product going, oh, my God, the Nuggets look like a championship contender. They look like the best team in the sport. Yeah. Jamal goes down, and it, and you and it's impossible to tell the story of this season without going into last season with yeah. how things ended, and then they just and then they go, then they go at the end of last se- season, going, we're all gas, no break, we can still win, we can still win, and they give it all down the stretch, and then they just kept on winning regular season games. They yeah. got nothing left in the playoffs. That that that's how that was like the pref uh, the, the preface to this season. You start without Jamal, and then nine games in. When, in which Michael Porter Jr. didn't look great in any no, of those nine games. No, he He was averaging just nine points in those nine right, games. Right. And then he goes for an innocuous layup against the Rockets in the first half. Tweaks his back. DMac I thought he was embarrassed because he missed the mm-hmm. layup and did one of those, oh, something's mm-hmm. wrong with me. He doesn't play another game. Right, and, and there's been this cloud of, like, even though the Nuggets have won games and then they lose a few, then they win some, and it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but when are these guys coming back? And for none of them to come back— Uh, let me just ask you from someone who was there in the trenches every day. Did you feel that cloud hanging over the team the way that I did from afar? Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. And yes, it hung heavy. It was and you could really feel it like on Jokic's shoulders. And even though he would never make an excuse for it, you could feel it. You could feel its presence um, constantly. Because there were other guys that needed, that they had their time. And they needed to step up to that time. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. I think Monte Morris stepped up. I think, you know, he's coming off the bench or he may be not even in the NBA. That guy is legit. He is a legit starting player in the NBA, period. He's legit. What a year for him. But then you got, of course, Will Barton, who's... I mean, he's his own. He's his own podcast. <laughs> you could have. You could have the Will the Thrill podcast. You seriously could. From <laughs> from you know breaking J R Smith's three point record. He's not even a three point shooter really. To like his girl getting in a fight with a guy in the stands because everybody like boos. Everybody they he, nobody
1: is is the crowd tougher on. No, than, he, than he Will draws Barton. the most visceral reaction. No but doubt,
2: he's got this crazy talent. He's got it there. It's just. So infuriating, like when it's going to come out and when it's not. So you have a situation, Zach, where it was it was just never clear. And recently, let me just talk about recently with Jamal Murray. You you realize he's cleared to play, yeah. and this is a hundred percent on him. And he is getting mixed messages. He's getting pressure from the coaches to play, but he's also getting message from his teammates, Zach, to just shut it down. And I got to tell you this, Tim Conley. Zach, he has done it. Your job as a GM is to build a roster that can win a championship, and he—he's been unbelievable. He has done it. This is a (laughs) championship roster, no doubt about it. And that's why all these other things are so frustrating because there's no doubt coming back healthy next year. Nuggets are the favorite to win the championship. They
1: should be at least. I I don't know if they'll be the favorite, but they'll be among the favorites. And I mean, think about the spectrum that we're talking about of what you just said. You said. Next year, the Nuggets could be the favorite to win the championship. They'll be in up there with Milwaukee and Boston and and Phoenix. Um, and then this year, we're talking about them probably not getting out of the first round. I mean, think about yep. think about the breadth of those two things. Like you yep. could win, or yep. you could be in the finals for the first time in your organization's history, and the year before, not get out of the first round. And that's why, like, when you when you're talking about, you could take two of the top three scorers off any NBA team. And I can almost promise you they won't do what the Nuggets did this season. I can't believe this team almost won fifty games. Well, what was your? What do you think was the most remarkable thing about um, this team? The most remarkable thing I think,
2: or um, confounding thing, either either way, because sometimes it feels like it's both
1: with these guys. Well, with the most remarkable thing for for me has been Jokic becoming this different version of himself uh, this season. The fact that Las Vegas set an over-under win total at forty-seven and a half, mm-hmm. under the idea that Jamal's coming back post-All-Star break and you're never losing MPJ, none of those two things happen, and the fact that they still clear their over-under is is fascinating. And in all the world and arguments of advanced data and mm-hmm. on-off numbers and PER numbers and in addition to the raw numbers, that just might be the most, like, simple... Simplistic MVP um, argument is that they did better than the experts thought they were going to do without the guys that the experts thought they were going to have. That to me is is mind blowing. And who knows if Jokic and this is kind of like a circular thing. It's like does Jokic do those same statistical things to get MVP if those guys are here in the first place? And I don't think it's enough. Think about how mm. close and razor-thin the margins are. Yeah. I don't think Jokic is an MVP for the second time if those guys are back. That's not—really, uh, I don't think that's who he wants to be. Yeah. Like, we saw him shoot yeah. 35 times right. the three games ago. That's right. not who Jokic wants to be. <laughs> no. But he's becoming this other version of himself that he thinks he has to be on certain nights that— um, and and you think back to what we wanted four seasons back when we started this podcast. It was like, yeah, we know Jokic can get an MVP or uh, excuse me. We know Jokic can register a triple double against the Wizards on a Tuesday night. Like we knew that 4 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um it was we asked him to do it every single night. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that was lacking with him and he almost teased us with his talent. And you fast forward from those conversations that Earl and I used to have into these microphones to where we're at now. It's a remarkable transformation of both him physically, but also the way that he goes about diagnosing games. That, that to me, is, I don't know, sort of rambling, but it's fascinating, and that's remarkable.
2: I got a great Jokic story for you, by the way. I have not told this the whole year, um, and I didn't think it was a big deal. and I still don't think it's a big deal, but it's kind of to who he is, okay? So you know how he um, takes the microphone at the press conference, he takes the microphone out of the mic stand, and mm-hmm. he kind of fills with mm-hmm. it and the mm-hmm. whole thing. So, I mean, we're like halfway through the season, and I just say, oh, okay. He always takes it out anyway. And I laugh because they make a big deal about sticking it in the mic stand. So I take the microphone, I just take it out of the mic stand, I just place it on the table for him. He comes, and Mike Singer's like, oh, I think he kind of likes taking the microphone out. I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I mean, it's just kind of a – it's like a fun goof. And then he won the game and, you know, all that. He comes in, and he looks, and he's like, who did this? And he's laughing. He's laughing because he thinks it's a joke. And then somebody goes like Darren did, but nobody knows who I am. Like Jokic doesn't know who I am. I'm still kind of a newbie there. Sure, sure. And I was probably precedent just doing that, but it it seemed mild to have fun. Do you know since that moment, he hasn't taken the microphone out of the mic stand the entire year. What? He has not done that the rest of the year because I think he I I think although we love Jokic, I think some he thought somebody was kind of poking fun at him a little bit. And I think, um, and I certainly was. We were having fun. I wasn't trying to poke sure, fun at sure. him. Sure, sure, no, 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 no. So he just has never taken the mic out of the mic stand since then. Hilarious. But the the only reason I bring that up, and I'm sorry I even messed with it. I'm sorry I messed with the time space continuum sure, of, sure, of the yokichin Sure, but I just think his kind of bizarre attention to detail, and th- I think he notices things around him kind of in an extraordinary way and I think this is why he's such a good passer of the ball and he has such good court vision and I think his concept of basketball because I think his concept of life and everything around him is that meticulous and I think that's the biggest difference with him and everybody who else who plays basketball it's that kind of focus I think it's that remarkable and that's a skill that you can't uh, you just got that in you. That's or just you, who he is, yeah. It's just who you are. You can't coach it. You can't uh, make that up. You just got that or you don't. I also think, by the way, on Jokic real quick, <clears throat> I think his wife and his child are a huge deal. Huge, huge deal. He just had a niece, too, by the way. One of his brothers just had a, a baby. And I think family to him means an awful lot. And having, you know, he dresses up every, every game now. He gets all dressed that, up. That was
1: never the case with him.
2: I know he wore a suit last night. But you want to know he, what? when he wasn't playing, and but, he was the only guy to wear a suit who wasn't playing.
1: But but you want to know what? And this is this is um, this is broader. But and I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I forget how young 22, 23, mm. 24, 25 yeah. is, and yeah. the 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 way that you handle yourself, and the way that I handled myself at twenty two compared to twenty six compared to now 35, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't know if I even like the guy, the old me. I, mm. You know what I mean? And I think that Jokic's transformation as an adult, like he mm-hmm. he he grew up technically in Serbia, mm-hmm. but your formidable years of, of, of your uh, 21, 22, you're still growing up. Oh, yeah. So when I first started this podcast four years ago, to where we're at now, like Jokic is a different person. Totally. And and, and, and totally. you could easily see how um there's a new there's a renewed maturity there. Not that there was ever he was like a goofball or would get in trouble or any of these things, but just the way that he approach approached being a professional. I would say repeatedly, you can't tell me a guy that looks like that has poured himself and everything in himself into this game. Right, right. And that was true then. <clears throat> right. And you can see the difference now. And I think just having a family and commitment to marriage and having kids and you're playing for more than yourself and you're accepting responsibility of the trust that the organization has mm-hmm. put in you with, yeah. you know, the Supermax contract and... I I just think all those things coming together, you get a guy who's now dressing up for the first time. Yeah,
2: and by the way, the reason why it takes an hour sometimes, you know, uh, something like that after the game, isn't because he's just farting around. He's doing recovery. He's uh, stretching. He's he's doing uh, maintenance for his body, or he's sure, eating, or, sure. or whatever. And then he wants to look. <laughs> he wants to look good when he presents himself. So he's in his suits and his clothes most of the time. Not all the time, but m- but most of the time, he's. Um, pretty dressed up because being meticulous and attention to detail has become a big thing for him. And you know what, Zach? I think there's still room for him to grow in that department because he still is a little bit awkward. I mean, just a pinch awkward mm-hmm. and being that vocal leader yeah, for his totally. team Yeah, that,
1: that, That's still that's, not that's quite the, f- there. That's the final step. Yeah. Like, I, I'm we'll about, get to, there. I was about to say that's the next step. That feels like the final step mm-hmm. for Jokic, who's has doubled down, tripled down on the commitment to his body. Who his game has evolved in just an absurd, um, to an absurd, uh, absurd rate. Mm-hmm. And then, but. These They and,
2: got a couple guys though that can fill that role that are pretty good, and that's with DeMarcus Cousins and Jeff Green. But you don't want it coming from those guys. You don't oh,
1: right. especially when you're trying to win a championship. <laughs> right. Typically right, those right. voices at the top, they're domineering. And oftentimes they don't have to say anything but maybe snarl. And everyone falls into place. And I think I you know, a portion of that I think might be, you know, um not a disconnect, but not complete because of uh the the, the He's he's not an American. He's there's there's, well, you know who
2: else would fill that role is Jamal Murray, sure. And the, I mean, there's just only so much you can do when you're not playing. But but he's missed that other other side to things. Michael Porter Jr. is not like that. Period. He never will be. It's not who he's going to be. But he's a hell of a jump shooter, Zach. And you can't coach six ten in a uh, a stroke as smooth as his. And he uh, <laughs> his his basketball talent. Michael Porter Jr.'s is otherworldly. The rest of them, you know, I don't know. They just got a long way to with, go. There, oh, there's a long way. It'll never go. get there. But with Jamal Murray and Jokic, I love Jeff Green too. I don't know what you think of the addition of Jeff Green, but he's been fantastic. He's a pro's pro. Oh my God! I hope he can. Gosh, I hope he can be around again next year too. I'm not exactly sure what his deal is, but hopefully he can be around again too. All he does is contribute.
1: That's all he's ever done.
2: Yeah. By the way, he's still a freaky athlete. He too. is,
1: even at his age. Can you believe? <laughs> I could not believe the stat that came out about two, two, three weeks ago that Jeff Green, I think he's year 14, Yeah. Uh, yeah. broke his personal record for dunks in a season. <laughs> Did he really? That is play with Nikola Jokic. Uh,
2: uh, he cuts to the basket very strong and can finish, finish like nobody's business. And he's got a pretty smooth stroke. With a corner three as well, he he does. He's not as good as Michael Porter Jr. at that. No, but but it's not bad. But that's what you give up without Michael Porter Jr. And I know um, you, you you gave me a hard time about Bryn Forbes, and I was giving you updates last night. Yeah, how Forbes, about that? He
1: goes for Forbes a, a team high twenty
2: four. But okay, fine, Bryn. Like keep keep go play like that, you know. But he he's he's wound up for whatever reason. I don't. I don't even recall saying he sucked. I shouldn't say he sucked. He's an NBA player. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say any NBA player sucks. That's ridiculous. So it, it's not that. It's just that for whatever reason, the shots just haven't been falling consistently enough for him. But hey, Zach, if if we're looking for some sort of, I'm all for it, man. If there can be a, a playoff game where Bryn Forbes is just on fire and he can hit five of seven from three. That, that I, I, could de- I, definitely be the difference in a game. I,
1: I believe that to be true. I've said that a handful of times on this podcast, so long-time listeners will, will know that. Because that ain't going to happen from Austin Rivers, by
2: the way. It's not going to happen from Austin Rivers. However, Austin Rivers is much stronger to the hoop.
1: Sure. Much stronger sure. than sure. Brent Forbes. Sure. When Brent Forbes does get in the lane, it's usually like a floater. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Austin can take it right to the basket. Let me ask you this. I, I yeah. think that um, really, uh, if you take away the... Um, major injury Mm storylines. And then you also took away the MVP storyline. That's a lot. You're taking away a (laughs) lot. I think the next biggest storyline for this season was the emergence of Bones Highland.
2: Oh,
0: my God. Who I believe is going to
1: end up second team all rookie. Yeah. What was it like covering Bones Highland in his rookie season on a night-to-night basis? Total joy. Filled with, oh, um, total joy. Amazing.
2: Awesome. Can't say enough about the young man professional very confident. I asked Aaron Gordon early in the season about bones. I go, "Can you ever be too confident?" Because there was a moment of like, how confident is this guy, you know, bones? And Gordon, who by the way, another dude who I love covering, very soft-spoken and quiet, but just listen. Just listen to what he's saying. He's um I I'm a huge Aaron Gordon fan. And um can you ever be too confident?" And he goes, "Uh no. I don't I don't think so." You know, and, and that's kind of the way Aaron Gordon said it too. But it's a pretty um, profound thing to say that you can't ever be too confident. Meaning, perhaps, Zach, if you're not that confident, what chance do you even have in the NBA if you're doubting yourself at all? And Bones has it
1: all. I mean, he's got it all. And Well, I'll tell you what. You said, you know, you got to have that or we're. You got to have that, especially if you're six foot two, 169 pounds in the NBA. <laughs> He's
2: so skinny, man. Dude. It is crazy. It, 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 it is crazy. But
1: his first step is so real. His he, handle's ridiculous. His handle's ridiculous. Yeah. He gets in the teeth of the defense. He gets, you know, two feet in the paint, and so many good things happen when you simply get the basketball into the paint with two feet. Yeah. Not enough Nuggets are able to do that. He is. Uh, and I think that, again, The major two storylines are the two injuries. You got the MVP, but Bones Highland and the Emergence, and you mentioned Tim Connolly's name before, late first-round picks in the NBA, they're almost like fifth-round picks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Go look year by year. Those creme de la creme picks are typically where you're going to hit. But the the miss rate in the back half of the first round, it feels like the second round, and second rounds are under a coin flip. The fact that Tim Connolly found him on a VCU— Crazy. With the twenty six overall pick, it's insane. In addition to all the other stuff, like the fines from Monte and Yoke, and mm-hmm. it, it's just like okay, another pelt on the wall for Connolly.
2: Hey, let me ask you this, because being around them, what I realized, they don't they don't view positions as positions. They view this team and basketball in general as positionless. Totally. Now more than ever, that's what it is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have any problem
1: having Bones and Jamal Murray out there at the same time. Nope. And it 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 could get to a point where you literally have to make that thing work. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes to Monte, you mentioned him earlier. I love Monte Morris too. Love, He's th- great. And 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 there's a lot of reasons to love Monte. I I don't think Monte Morris is a starting point guard for a team that's trying to win a championship. Mm. I think Monte Morris Off the bench. looks like a second string championship mm point card. Yeah, like, yeah, if that guy's yeah. your number two right. in your second unit, right, right. man, you're trying to win. I just don't think that, like, if if you... If so you, you would went, have Jamal and Bones, not Jamal and Monte. Correct. Okay, Yeah. And, and there just may be too much talent there. There with just Bones. may be too much talent there with Bones. You say, you have got to make this ah, thing that's, work. That's
2: something else, because Monte is... Well, you know what? What a good problem to have. Yeah. What a good problem. And Will Barton's got to come off the bench.
1: Well, again, again, oh, no. again, the, the same but sentence applies. Second,
2: yeah, if he's the seventh, eighth guy. That's, totally. And he could be a little fine. microwave
1: guy for you off the bench. Right? Like, that's who he profiles to be. At this stage in his career, if he's starting, he's your weakest link for a team that's trying to win a championship and could be a reason that holds you back. If he's your eighth guy and he's coming off the bench and is averaging 11 points or 10 points a night. That's that's his sweet spot. Let me ask you this
2: then: for the playoffs, be weird to tinker. Then would you go then with Monte, Bones, Jeff Green, Gordon, and Jokic to start and get your major minutes? I, I and get Will off the bench. You
1: know what? At this stage, no. If you were starting over, no, yes. No. But you want things to be solidified uh, at this time of year because you're going to tinker know. with the back end of the rotation anyway. Right. So I don't think you tinker with the front. You know what I was told with Will and one of the reasons to not
2: bench him or whatever, I was told by people that are way smarter than me, if you mess with this guy's confidence, mm. he, he'll just be gone. Right. So do you just hang in there knowing that you're going to have him every now and then just light light it up? Like you did against the Lakers, actually in LA, right? Or uh, do you mess with them where you just you know it's like he's totally useless,
1: man? If that if you're even what asking you the do? question, if you're asking the question, you don't do it, right? Heading into the playoffs, and they don't they don't have to because they
2: can be flexible with their rotations once they've closed with bones. Sure, yep, you know, and
1: it is what it is. That's Mike Malone's fine. job is to feel the temperature of that game, and yeah. and but I'd be surprised if Bones was. I, we'll see how it shakes out. It could be undeniable where he's finishing games, but my guess is that Mike Malone is not going to want to play that rookie in crunch time uh, in major playoff I'll minutes.
2: tell you, too, I asked um, DeMarcus Cousins last night, because it's turnovers. Everything is turnovers with this team. That's that's the downfall of this team is turnovers. And he said, um, Cousins, Cousins, said you got to play with a better sense of urgency and as simple as making a two-handed pass, making the smart play. And, and he said, Cousins more or less said, this team is a little bit guilty, Zach, of being a little immature sure. and a little young. Sure. So maybe we'll grow up in this playoff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hate to say it's all about next year because that just is so disheartening because here we are in the playoffs right now. I know. Um, so I don't want to rain on anybody's parade because you really seriously don't know what you get with the Nuggets, which means obviously
1: you can have really, really good things from the Nuggets, too. I have so, to. I I'll have see. to really use my imagination to see them playing in the Western Conference Finals, which means <laughs> I have them. get Best case, they're in the second round of the playoffs. Honestly, I, I, I would take that right now. Like th- that, that, that for me would signify round, success if, if you are be beating State. the Golden State Warriors and into the second round of the playoffs yeah, with yeah. this group and what they don't have. Um, I would. That would be that would define success for me.
2: By the way, I don't think there's any easy outs. I heard some for people like. Oh my God, Golden State X, Y, and Z. He's like, no, yeah, we'll, hop- <laughs> well, Dallas X, Y, and Z, and Memphis X, Y, and Z. And what, are we, what are we talking about here?
1: Those are 53-54 game winners. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they're all... It's, what, they present their own challenges.
2: Right, to me, to me, why it was good to come in sixth is the Suns are head and shoulders above everybody else, and you don't want to play the Suns until, if you're lucky enough to get there, until as late as possible. So I don't really care who you play. I care that you don't have to face the Suns theoretically down the road everybody's going to be difficult there yep. are no easy outs here this is not this is not the avs in the nhl playoffs okay this is this every game that they could win in the playoffs i'll be like wow that just happens yep.
1: that's how good and tight it really is well i hope denver presents a lot of those same challenges to the opposition when they're recording their podcast and looking at the nuggets like well they got the mvp anything can happen uh, well, if they don't they're idiots uh, would you like to play the nuggets uh no I, I wouldn't because of Jokic, right? But but nothing else on the Nuggets scares me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I don't want to run too long. Um, who's who's a guy being uh, down there every night that just grew on you? That that you, you just uh, like that's like okay, that's kind of my guy. Oh, Aaron Gordon for sure. Love
2: AG. Dude's just a straight up baller. You forget how young he is. Yep. You think he's like Methuselah. How old is Gordon? 24? 25? Something uh, like that. I think he's 25. I'll pull it up here in a second. His his um he's got a first of all a very uh, fascinating background. He has athleticism. He's 26. He's 26. 26? Okay. But he he went pro at a very young age. He was in the um dunk contest years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And then he was just an obscurity because if you play for the Magic, who knows what the hell's going on down there, right? So he he is very composed and poised. He still likes to have fun in a you know sort of different sort of way he is a oh my god is he an intimidating guy but he's got this smooth jump shot too um and the interesting thing about gordon all year zach is he repeatedly had to get himself going to play the physical game that he needs to play and that malone encouraged him to play and he knows it he knows it so he has a football mentality to it. He has actually said I need to get hit a little bit. Yep. I need to get physical a little bit to just get myself into the game. It's not a light switch for him. But he's, he's, um, he's meticulous with his answers. He, again, very soft-spoken, but if you just listen to this guy carefully, um, I think he's one of the most fascinating guys, and I think he's, an, I think he's the second-best player on this team. Um, and, and I know he's not as consistent all the time, but boy, has he impressed the heck out of me. And I'm just a, a a really big fan of Aaron Gordon and I I wouldn't wouldn't have thought that going into the season whatsoever. Don't know much about him. I don't know if anybody talk about a guy who's like under the radar that the NBA community doesn't know anything about. And by the way, um a couple of games ago when he did the reverse dunk alley oop. Yeah. So I was convinced it was a bad pass by Monte Morris, and he just had to adjust, like Gordon had to adjust. So I'm talking to Katie Winchie about it. And she's like, I don't she goes, I don't think so. I think he just did that. So Monte Morris comes in and uh I go, Did did you throw the pass where you wanted? He
1: goes, Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, Gordon just did that. He does that in practice. He just he
0: just did so, that so, on purpose. So
1: there's certain guys and and this is all across basketball, this is not just NBA guys. Guys that uh are athletic enough to get in a groove with a, a dunk in game dunking. It's not any more different than Um, establishing another type of shot that guys get comfortable with. Mason Plumlee did this all the time, too. When he had a step, he would go to reverse dunk. That's just what he did. Gordon, uh, you could tell, is so fluent with that reverse motion that Mm. if he is coming from the right side of the floor Mm. and not the other way. He was coming from the right side on this one. Yep, you won't see him do it from the left. But he has, not not even memorized, that's not even the right term. It's such a... um, uh he doesn't think about it. it's just a a a uh, it's his process when he turns over yeah. that shoulder yeah he just loves going to the reverse dunk it's and like it, it's easier hysterical for him. yeah it, it, but he's done it so often that it would just be like if you if you have a guy beat on the right side but you practice you over practice finishing on the other side of the rim as the protectant. They just do that when they have an extra step to do it. Gordon has enough athleticism where if he's got a chance, he's going to reverse dunk it. It's hilarious.
2: You asked me in the beginning like, about covering him and being around him. For every criticism that is about the NBA and no defense and blah, 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 Zach, these are the best athletes on earth. Totally. Period. Well, and I know a lot of people talk about hockey, and I have nothing but respect for hockey. Hockey players, fantastic. Super skilled, but in terms of raw athletes, it's the NBA. It's the, there's so few of them. Let's just start there. There's so few of them. The game is competed in the world, not in just, you know, little areas. In the world, and they have to do everything. Offense, defense, running, jumping, shooting, uh, coordination, strength. They are the greatest athletes in the world, and it just so happens Agreed. a ton of them are of subhuman or superhuman
1: size. It's that, incredible. Because so so you, that that you have to have both. You have to have both. You have to have the size and the athleticism. And if you don't have one or the other, you are so good at one particular thing. You're the best top .01% right. in the world at it. And so of all those guys, which is so rare, Jokic is the best one on earth. Isn't that crazy? It's incredible. It gets me to show up. It's incredible. I love it. Well, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, a little bit later uh, in the week, we'll talk about the the Warriors matchup uh, itself and have some fun with that and give some predictions. But uh, Dmac, kudos. We got um, here at the station, you know, a, a knock for the longest time was you guys don't talk about, you know, sports other than the Broncos and mm. Nuggets, you know, in particular would get mentioned there. Um, and through... I would like to think had a hand in it with oh, this podcast no for Are now in its fourth season. Absolutely. You going down there as often as you do. We got a Colorado post game Broadcasting yeah. Award. Yeah, post-game shows mm-hmm. after every single— This station got a, a CBA for mm-hmm. our coverage of the Nuggets. You were a huge hand in it. I don't think we win it uh, without your presence down there as often as you were down there. No, oh, I don't think we win it without
2: you putting in the legwork of doing this show and then what we do on the air and our you know, programming. Yeah,
1: Thank it's, you. It's, 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 thank you. Yeah, it's, thank it's, it's all you. Fun. It. Yeah. Um, great stuff, and um, this will not be the last time you come on. This was the first time, but it's not the last time. Great job all
2: season long. Uh, I've, I've had a, a thrill doing it, and I love ch- talking up with you, dude. I love chatting. By love the way, it. another really, really quick thing. This is where I started. You talk about like, you know, twenty five. You, you grow. Now that I'm in my fifties, I, I want to go back to twenty five. And when I was when I was younger, this is how I started my um, sports broadcasting career. When I was in college, I worked at a rock station, but I covered the Syracuse Orange and uh, Jim Beheim. So I, this is exactly what I did, covering basketball. And so basketball to me remains as fascinating as ever and back to my roots. And I, I love it and I'm here for all of it. And I know it's probably going to flame out in some
1: sort of crazy way this year, but I don't care. I'm here for all of it, Zach. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And you guys already know, regardless how it finishes – We're going to be talking about every step of the journey right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.
0: Football is back, and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.